2: Welcome into a another episode of Bourbon and a Buddy. With myself, Shane Reardon of 670 The Score. Executive producer of the Parkinson Spiegel Show. But also I'd like to be my own entity. I love Danny. I love Matt. I love Tanny. But sometimes I need an outlet to show the people that I'm not just this loud, aggressive, Piece of shit on the afternoon show on the score. That's just a contrarian to everything because I I have garnered that that reputation a little bit. I can't deny that. I take it on Twitter. I see it in my mentions. I see it in the Instagram DMs. I see it on the text line. I see it in the Twitch chat. That I'm just this heel, like this WWE heel that just goes against. And I don't know if I'm using that reference uh, correct. I've never I've never watched wrestling. So maybe that's not even correct. But the heel, it just goes against everything for the sake of going against it. That's a bit for the show. That's not me as a person. I promise. So I have this outlet. I have bourbon and a buddy where I have a conversation with somebody that hopefully it it reminds you of a conversation that you're having with a friend or a stranger at a bar where you just try to find different ways to connect, right? Our bourbon today is Wyoming whiskey out of, correct, you guessed it. Wyoming. My favorite part about Wyoming whiskey is not necessarily the whiskey itself, but they have a, a farm on the distillery with cows where they take the spent grain from distilling the whiskey, feed it to the cows, and then they sell the protein. They sell the steaks, the roast, the ground from the cows. So all of the beef that you're eating... Came from a cow that was eating spent grain from distilling whiskey. Wyoming whiskey. It's a it, it's it's not cheap shit either. Like, it's legit whiskey. I'm not just doing this for the novelty of, of, hey, that's the meat guy. That's Shane's Meat on Instagram. That's where you can find me, by the way. Shane's Meat on Instagram. Shane underscore Reardon on Twitter. And just this podcast I post to my Twitter feed. Hashtag bourbon and a buddy. I legit, I like the whiskey. I've been drinking it for quite a while. And it's a fun bottle. It kind of, for, for Chicagoans, it's it's uh, very similar to the Koval bottle. It's just an aesthetically pleasing bottle. Super cool merch. I've got like these yellow Wyoming whiskey winter gloves that I use to, like I put rubber gloves over it, and then I use that to shred my pulled pork or my my smoked chuck roast or something like that. Really good insulating gloves. I love the brand. And I love this conversation that I had today with Tori Rubenstein. Tori Rubenstein is a content producer at NBC Sports Chicago, but more importantly, you know her as the woman behind the White Sox talk and the Bulls talk social media feeds. Some of the most entertaining uh, brand social media feeds that I've seen in a while, tweeting out live during Bulls games, like pulling highlights with very clever uh, captions for both White Sox and Bulls uh, for their podcast. She does a phenomenal job of standing out in a modern-day social media world when that is incredibly difficult. Like, I have tweet notifications turned on for White Sox Talk, the the, the White Sox uh, account that that she heads on Twitter. Um, very entertaining stuff. And I wanted to talk about that with Tori and the business and she's younger, she's, she's 27, um, I'm 30, like in the same era of the younger people in social media. I wanted to talk about that with Tori. I wanted to talk about dating in Chicago when you work nights and, and, and you're having to watch every White Sox and Bulls game and tweet along with it and how you balance that with going out at night with your friends and having a social life and still trying to date. And I wanted to talk about the difficulties... Of being a woman in sports media in 2022, and how you combat the the old white men and the, the 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 social media trolls, and how you can be a professional while 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 battling that and combating that in this this scum of an era that we live in. It was an awesome conversation. Uh, Tori gives me some shit. I give her some shit. Um, I really think you you will enjoy it. This is episode four, bourbon and a buddy with myself, Shane Reardon, drinking a bourbon, Wyoming whiskey, and having a conversation with Tori Rubenstein of NBC Sports Chicago, the White Sox talk Twitter account, and the Bulls talk Twitter account. I hope you enjoy. Real quick on your vocals.
3: Hello, we good?
2: Just uh, say like the the alphabet. Yeah, it's fine. Say the alphabet.
3: A, B, D. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I was
2: recording. That's good.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. That should be the intro. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. H, I, J, K. Oh, you're now I just these. want
2: to know if you know it.
3: <laughs> L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. Perfect. Oh, my God. Well, close to perfect. That was actually absurd.
2: Tori Tori Rubenstein. You are a digital content creator and a social media manager, as you said, a fancy way of saying a social media manager. You actually get paid for it. For NBC Sports Chicago and NBC Sports in general?
3: Just NBC Sports Chicago. NBC Sports
2: Chicago. What's it like living your life on social media as a millennial and then having to do it for work? What's that like for you?
3: So I will say that like I am not super into my own personal social media except for my Twitter account, which obviously Twitter is my favorite social media app. But like I don't really care about my Instagram that much. Um, I don't really care about like my own TikTok or anything like that. Like I don't really have that many Instagram followers. I don't really post that often on my feed. So I really, which is kind of nice because I spend so much time on it during work. Like my screen time is sometimes like 10 to 13 hours a day just because like I'm always on Twitter and Instagram and posting things and like monitoring stuff. So um, I really don't even have time to like curate my own in, like Instagram or social media, but I am pretty active on If Twitter. you were to
2: remove that work stuff from your screen time, what would it be? I was having that conversation with somebody the other day that the notification I dread most on my phone, and granted, I've turned the majority of them off. I don't want to see notifications from work. I don't want to see email notifications. I figure they'll get to them when I get to them, that kind of thing. I am terrified of the Sunday morning screen time weekly report. I'll turn that shit up. And if it's been a bad week and I'm like in my head about things, like nine hours, four hours on TikTok, three hours on Twitter, two hours on Instagram. If you took that away from your job, what would it be? What would your weekly screen time be? I feel
3: like it would still be pretty high because I'm a big scroller. I love TikTok. I love like scrolling through Instagram. It would, I would say like, like six to seven.
2: Okay. That's still a lot.
3: Yeah. No, it's a problem. What, it's not I mean, good. But is it a,
2: <laughs> is it a problem? Like, we are in this era of pretty much the only way you can consume what you want to consume is via your phone in some kind of way. Your news is on Twitter because if you turn on the TV, you're not going to get what you want, right? You curate your social feeds to the news that you want to see. So is it a problem how much time we actually spend on our phones?
3: I don't think it's necessarily a problem because, like you said, I think there's value to it. Like, I think people are more informed, I mean, there's also a lot of like bullshit you have to be smart enough to like kind of sift through right. if you're gonna be on your phone that much. But um, I just, I'm, I guess i more mean it, like I could be using that time, like watching a good show, which is not much better. But like, I could be <laughs> I like- I thought re- you
2: were gonna say going outside, going for a run, <laughs> going studying. for a walk. Studying. Yeah. No, like, reading a new book.
3: I could be like, sometimes I'll be like excited because I have like the night off or whatever, and then I'll just be like on my phone the whole time anyway, going through TikTok. And I'm like, I could have like been reading a Book or like doing something else. But um no, I don't think it's like I, I think it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, these kids today are yeah. you know always on their phones. Like I think that um there's value to all of the technology. When that you we start have. a
2: new show, what are you going for? Because I have a problem and it's called below deck. And I just got stuck on going from season one of below deck and Captain Lee. And all these fucking weirdos watching, if people don't know what Below Deck is, it is a super yacht, a luxury yacht, and it's a reality show following the crew members and the captain and the, the patrons they take in, and I am absolutely hooked. I can't go to bed at night, and this is after White Sox and White Sox Post. Yeah. I can't go to bed at it's night like unless midnight. I've watched two Below Deck episodes. So what's that for you? When you pick a new show, what are you looking for?
3: Um... I guess, so when I, in terms of, like, reality, if we're on that topic, I've been really into Love Island, which Ooh, I highly recommend, yeah. but the UK version, because everything's Ooh. better and funnier in, in in like, an English accent. Okay. Um, but if I'm watching, like, a real show, I don't know. So, I you, I'm, like, a really big TV movie person, but it's kind of hard when I, like, you know, get off work at, like, 11, and then, like, I don't really, I just want to put on something mindless, but... Um, I just, like, whatever people, like, Ozark, like, I mean, I've seen Breaking Bad, like, eight times through. It's my favorite show. I'll watch it, like, once a year. I
2: can only watch it one time through. I never got it. I never got it. I couldn't get into it. So,
3: I watched it the first time through, like, after it had already aired, and I had, like, a podcast that I listened to while I watched it. So, I think maybe that, like, helped me understand, like, the... You know, g- genius like yeah. nuances of yeah. it and stuff like that. But um, so I actually just started Sopranos for the first time.
2: Okay, I just got done with Sopranos really? last this past Christmas, I and am I watched on season it through one. like in three months.
3: I'm on season one.
2: Season one. Yeah. Okay. I'm so you me. know that you've got to power through season one I to know. really get to the good stuff. Yeah. I got to a point of being so sad that Sopranos is about to end <sighs> over Christmas break. I started watching it in 25-minute increments so I could spread it out over more <laughs> nights so it wouldn't be done sooner. That's a strategy. I got called crazy for it.
3: No, that's back, a strategy. Back to the
2: social media thing real quick. Talking about like the the serotonin boost that you get from things, right? Yeah. That every yeah. once in a while, you'll catch a real good tweet. And I'm not ashamed to say I'm embarrassed, but I think there's a, there's a difference between embarrassed and ashamed. But I'm not ashamed to say that I get a huge serotonin boost from a tweet that just does really fucking well, mm-hmm. and it hits, and people love it, and it takes off. You t- recently just screen-recorded a Instagram <laughs> story of Joel Embiid dancing the Hora, or, or is it Hora or Yeah, aura? it's the Hora. The, the, the Hora, dancing the Hora at a Jewish wedding, and when I... Went to check in on it today. It's at 3.4 million views. You can't Mm -hmm. tell me that that doesn't give you a little bit of a serotonin boost, like the addiction to keep wanting to tweet and post on Instagram.
3: 100%. I guess, like, um, even when I post stuff from, like, the uh, NBC accounts that, like, aren't, it's it's not even me, like, that is getting the credit for it. It's just me behind, like. White Sox talk or Bulls talk even when that stuff does well it's like it's like you're getting like it's like somebody is like calling you beautiful like it's just like every time like it goes up it's just it really is like a like chemical it's like similar to, it's like a dick dang. I really believe that because yeah, I'll like keep checking it and it's, yeah, I agree. But so but the funny thing is with the Joel Embiid tweet is that it's like, I'm a, like, I would consider myself a journalist. I, you know, I work for a major news organization. where i you and go to I, school? Uh, Kansas. Okay, all right. Um, and like, I do some writing and stuff like that. But um, it's like, I was like making a joke that, it's like I stole somebody's, like I got, I went viral because I stole somebody else's content and didn't give them credit for it. Or like you're just putting
2: it on a platform yeah. where it wasn't already. Right, Look exactly. at it that way. Give, give yourself some credit. Yeah,
3: I was following the right people. But yeah, that was funny. Um, Dave Portnoy retweeted me, which Ooh, was pretty exciting. That's fun. Yeah. So I had, a, I, I literally had a, like an ex-boyfriend's reaching out to me being like, just saw this on ESPN. Oh like, yeah, that's whatever. the
2: perfect way to reach <laughs> I know, out. Like, and I'm
3: like, ah, oh, you didn't want me when I wasn't viral. Now, <laughs> you, now you're just trying to slide back That's in. like the
2: equivalent of texting an ex on Christmas saying, hey, I was thinking about your sister today. I was thinking about your brother today. <laughs> right. I hope he's doing well. Yeah. yeah I, that's the same thing. I
3: hope thing. your dog is Oh my doing God. Well. I hope your dog's
2: having a great oh, Christmas. Have you gotten one of those? Have you gotten the Christmas or Thanksgiving or Labor Day ex-reach out?
3: No, no, no. I've only gotten the Joel Embiid horror reach out.
2: <laughs> it's a little bit less traditional. Yeah, I know the Joel Embiid. <laughs> um, so you said it. I wasn't going to bring it up because I didn't know if you wanted to be exposed for it. But you are technically behind the White Sox talk and the Bulls talk Twitter accounts. Correct. For the ma- the majority of the tweets are from you. Yes, they are. I- I'm not just saying this because you're here. They are. It's a. G- they are genius accounts. You're legit you. good at reacting. So quickly, and grabbing the highlights and making perfect pop culture references, or you spend so much time on TikTok, the perfect yeah. TikTok reference to uh, anything Eloy Jimenez does or something like that. Yep. How good does that feel? I know we talked about it a little bit, but how good does it feel where you can kind of separate the Toy Rubinstein tweet from the, "Hey, this is me, but I'm putting it through another organization, so maybe there's a little bit less of a consequence if, if something doesn't perform as well. Yeah, does that make it easier?
3: To take more chances. Um, yes, I think it does because I think that I've had before I had this job. I think I would have some like really good tweets and they'd get like obviously I'm i I'm nobody so they'd get like two likes and right. I'd be like damn this like was really good if like only like this was in front of like a larger audience I'd be like going viral right now so it is really nice to have like a platform where I can kind of express like my sense of humor and my style of communicating through social media like it really is the perfect job for me um when i was in high school this is very stupid but like you know how you, there's like senior superlatives and sure. stuff Yeah, and yeah. i was voted most likely to be twitter famous no way yeah Oh, and but but your Twitter
2: wouldn't do well in high school. But you were no. Still- well, it did.
3: In, it did like relative to like the other like people in my grade. Relative to high school, but kids. it wasn't yeah. like. But like once I like got to college and even like out of college before I started working at NBC. I mean, I was still a nobody. Like yeah. I, you know, I had like 500 followers and I was tweeting to like myself.
2: <laughs> Who's your favorite Twitter follow? Oh, like who do you get your inspiration from?
3: Oh, that's a good question. Or is that strictly organic. I think it's like kind of strictly organic okay. like just comedians I would say
2: Now that you're watching Sopranos you are going to find yourself diving into like the Sopranos Twitter world like there's White Sox Twitter there are so many different Sopranos meme accounts that are just Okay, I'm excited. Chef's I love that kiss. kind of stuff.
3: I'm a big Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan and so I follow all of the <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> yes, on purpose. Okay. Um and uh, so I follow all like that like I like all those cult like uh, stuff where yeah. like you there's a bunch of different accounts dedicated to it and things like that. So I'll have to check out the Sopranos ones. I'm sure those are really good.
2: What's what's your favorite part about about working for an, an entity like NBC Sports Chicago?
3: Um I think I uh, I really like my media pass because I like getting That's to fun, go to the right? games and everyone. Yeah. That's probably the best part. Um I like I really do, this really doesn't have anything to do with, like, NBC, but I love all my coworkers, like, Mm -hmm. truly, like, there's not really one, there's basically not really anybody that I really don't (laughs) love working with, Um, and I love the flexibility of it, as shitty as, like, my hours can be, like, I have two free nights a week unless, like, there's a day game or yeah. the Bulls and the Blackhawks are off on a night Um, as shitty as that is like I do like the flexibility of like having my mornings and afternoons open and like my boss is really 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 like understanding of the fact that I'm like a 27 year old and like if I ever he'll like let me take like the sat like I always get one weekend day off no matter what oh that's nice yeah
2: that's real nice Got any dirt on Layla for me? That's our one crossover.
3: <laughs> I don't. Layla and I. So I just started working with Layla like a couple months ago. So we're like, we're like okay. new friends. We're new friends. So I don't have any. You probably have words.
0: Do you want dirt on Layla? I, I do. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a Realtor can make all the difference, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Yeah.
2: We do a pretty good Layla impression over here. Uh, there was this one time, this is super inside, but Tandy and I, my co-producer, and by the way, this is the Bourbon, Bourbon and a Buddy podcast. Myself, Shane Reed, my guest today is Tori Rubenstein- our whiskey today is Wyoming Whiskey um, out of Wyoming. Oh, okay. uh, my favorite part about, about this place, and, and then I'll get to my Layla impression, um, they have this, not only do they have the distillery, they have, this, um, they have this farm where they feed the spent grains from distilling the whiskey to the cows, okay. butcher the cows, and then sell the cows, the, the meat of the cows that's been eating spent grain of whiskey. So there's this faint whiskey taste to the beef
3: wait what where is what is this it's in wyoming okay it, it's,
2: it's where wyoming what does whiskey this have to do is with layla? well i i just i had to do the upload oh, okay. for the podcast <laughs> real quick and i looked down at my whiskey <laughs> and i was like oh you were you were thinking that that was my layla impression
3: i did i was no no
2: no my layla impression is much better i looked down at my glasses like shit i should probably mention what okay we're drinking today got it so it's wyoming whiskey very cool i remember when i first started following you last year mm-hmm. um I think it was your first remote opportunity with NBC Sports Chicago when you worked the Field of Dreams game. Correct. Correct. Yeah. How was that being out there with with Garfine and with McGuffey and learning from people like that? Where your first legit big shot is in Dyersville, Iowa. Yeah. Working on that incredible site. How was that? It was
3: honestly fantastic. I was super super excited to go. Um, so I like was working um, at NBC Sports Chicago for like about okay. I, so I started working at NBC Sports Chicago in like March, like literally weeks before the pandemic of 2020, got laid off when the pandemic happened, like a month and a half later, was brought back on, uh, I will, mm, March 2021, and then got promoted to full-time in August. And so that was like two weeks after I really, like first had my first full-time gig with NBC Sports. And it was so exciting. Um I working with Ozzy and Chuck and like getting to spend that much time with them was amazing. And Guff is obviously a great person to be around if you're like in the sports industry and like want to learn like, you know, production and things like that. And even like our camera guys like Steve and um, Eric Fogel. Just great. A really great experience. It was so fucking hot. I don't know if we can curse on here, but it was so hot. I thought I was going to die the entire time. It was the most disgusting weather I've ever been in, but it was so fun. And like there was right after, like, I think we were there for one night only. But the best part was that like we got back to the hotel after like such a long day. Um, And then we were all just like sitting outside in the hotel, like smoking cigars. And I was like, I'm literally smoking a fucking cigar. Like drinking, like, while Ozzie Guillen tells stories about Harold Baines right now. Like, it was, um, I was like, my dad would literally die. Isn't that like, the best
2: part of this industry? <laughs> yes. But it's also how they get you, right? I they, know. They, they promote, like, hey. They're like, we're going to pay you $5 an hour. Exactly. But you get to exactly. hang out with Ozzie. <laughs> but, hey, you're going to, we'll send you out to Vegas or we'll send you to the Super Bowl Radio Row. Yeah. And that's your, that's, like, that's your. That's why,
3: yeah. Ugh. I always say that this, when people are like, oh, your job's so cool. I'm like, it is, but you, like, have to love it. Or it's not worth it. Do you love it? I do. I I do. I love it. I I mean, there are days I don't. There's days up, obviously, but um, I do. I love the industry. I love like I get to sit at the end of the day. Every time I'm like having a bad day, or I'm like oh, I don't fucking want to do this. I'm bored or whatever. I'm just like yeah. you're getting paid to like sit and watch a Bulls game right now and like tweet which sometimes and, like, can't and, like, be like, tweet a to the of its Lakers own. suck like, yeah. oh yeah
2: <laughs> yeah. What's what's the worst part? Like like you you. Everything is going well, and then you think, oh, shit, I got to do this. What's the worst part of being a social media manager? Is it the mentions, the replies?
3: Um, It's all the, like, bu- like sponsored bullshit that I don't want to do, where it's like, oh, this is sponsored by, like, McDonald's, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. just the random stuff. Um, other than that, other than, like, the hours, which are, like, which are annoying, because, like, I can't go to, like, a ha- happy hour on a Tuesday, yeah. whatever. Um, Yeah, the replies can get to you. I... Tr- I'm pretty good about not getting too like offended by angry fans and stuff because like it's not me. They're like, they're just mad that the team's not doing well and you can't really take anything personally, especially when you're running an account that nobody knows is even like actually you.
2: Right. So now, I mean, this podcast does huge numbers. I'm telling you, massive numbers. Absolutely huge. (laughs) People are going to know it's you now.
3: That's fine. You know, it's, that's fine. I might as well just start doing it for my own account. <laughs>
2: um, is that that the time smoking and drinking with Ozzy in Iowa? Is that your biggest pinch me moment? I feel um, like I have different pinch me moments every day, like I working have, with Wani and Steve Stone oh yeah. and stuff like that. It's just—is that your biggest one?
3: It's between that and so I. Growing up, I was obviously when I was ten the biggest Scott Patsudnik fan like you've ever met in your whole entire life. Of course, you're so handsome. Of, yeah, like yeah. I was just you know I've obviously um, had like a bunch of autographs of him, like pictures of him in my in my bedroom in my pink bedroom. Like we have the same birthday. Fun fact, so it really is meant to be. But. um, So, growing up, just really big fan. One day, he's on the post-game show and pre-game show sometimes. Um, So, this was like last season. I was just sitting at my desk at work um, and all of a sudden, like, I hear a voice behind me that's like, Tori, but in like a Texas accent. And I turn around and I'm like, holy shit. And I'm like, what? And he's like, hey, like, Chuck just was like mentioned your name earlier. So, I wanted to come over and introduce myself. Like, I'm Scott. It's really nice to meet you. And I was like, Oh my Holy god. Holy shit. Like he just like said like he came up to me and like said my name and like introduced himself to me. Like I'm going to die right now. So, it's between that. That's probably like pinch me and then the Aussie moment are the two biggest ones, I would say.
2: What was your favorite team growing up? Was it the White Sox? Or like what, what did you because I I listened to the score my entire life, right? It was it I was born in 92. It started in 92. So to be sitting here working here is like crazy for me. Yeah. Did you see this for yourself? Whether it be elementary school, junior high, high school, it, did, did you manifest working in your home? You're from here, right? Mm-hmm. Did you manifest working in your home city?
3: I did. I always wanted to work in sports. I've always, so I guess like my sports fandom really started when I was during the 2005 White Sox season. My dad's huge White Sox fan and Blackhawks fan and everything. Um, And then that's just like really where I got into it. And then ever since then I was hooked. Like, so I guess the, to answer your first question, the White Sox are my favorite team. Yeah, like they're just the closest. While basketball is probably my favorite sport to watch, the White Sox are the team that's like closest to my heart that I love the most. And when I was actually, I don't even know how old I was. I was probably like ten or eleven. Um, I, do you remember Sarah Kustak? Of course, I remember uh, Sarah Kustak. Um, yeah, dumb color question. voice for
2: the Brooklyn Nets now, right?
3: I think so. Yeah. Is she is. piano. I thought she, was uh, a, she might not be. I could be wrong.
2: Okay, one of us is wrong. Um, probably me.
3: But I think I, like, wrote her, like, a letter and was like, hey, like, I'm just wondering, like, how do I get into, like, sports journalism, whatever. Like, I, like, wrote her, like, a fan letter when I was, like, a kid because, like, I always, like, when she was working at NBC Sports Chicago. So I kind of, like, always wanted to work at NBC Sports Chicago. I mean, like. As a kid, that's like, I feel like you grow up a sports fan in any city. Like, that's the dream job is like working for like your local station like that.
2: So it's nice to have a woman icon working in sports media like Sarah to totally. look up to. What is the hardest part about being a professional woman working in sports media? It's not any, it's not even easy for men, but for women, completely different story.
3: I think you're judged on things that men aren't judged on, okay. aka like your appearance. Um, And like the way that your voice sounds and just like I think that you're judged a lot more harshly Um, and it's you're not I don't think this but like I think that you're inherently less likable of a personality to like a man that like is looking for somebody that like you know to talk about sports to them I think that like you are they want somebody who's like more like them. And so it's harder for them to, like, relate so they don't like you as much, just inherently. Um, and, yeah, I mean, so what What did... It, one time, this was last season um, during White Sox, I think, like, it was when Jose Abreu kept getting hit with, like by pitches, like, every other day. Um, right and before
2: was, Tony ran out there from the dugout, there's a little, little stutter the step. The speed
3: demon. Um, yeah, I, I tweeted something that was, like, a video. Oh, I was, like... I think I was like, he should be suspended for being bad at pitching or something like yeah. that. And then, like, some fan from the other team was like, commented on it and was like, it kind of like, went locally viral, I guess. Um, and some fan from like the other team was like, called me a fat cow and I was like, you can't Jesus even, Christ. well, I, but it was just like, okay. They don't even know what I look like. Like it's right. just my head and the profile. Like it w- wasn't like actually they saw a picture of me and were like commenting on my body. They were just like saying shit, you know, cause they don't know what I look like, but it's still like, Oh shit. Like what a fucking comment to get. You know what I mean? Like why don't you just say I'm stupid?
2: People online are so mean. I know. It's-
3: I'm like, first of all, no, go to my Instagram. I'm actually a very lovely looking lady, <laughs> but thank you.
2: Hey, we talked about the the whole like demographic thing. You and I talked about it a couple weeks ago, or a week ago. I think part of the problem is like the older men not wanting to hear women on their radio or see them on their television. Talk to talk to them about sports. Number one, it's an insecurity thing. Number two, in media in general, it's a demographic issue. So. Mm-hmm what you guys are trying to cater yourselves to and what we're trying to cater ourselves to is the lower end of our, like, men, and this is super in the weeds or whatever, men 25 to 54 demo, or men Mm -hmm. 18 to 34 demo. But the majority of people, unfortunately, still consuming our media are men somewhere between 50 and 65, and we're not even selling to them, right? Because they're not even in the demo. I know. So what do you want to see from media nowadays to start catering to... People our age, we're not far. But you're 27, I'm 30. Like, we're still consuming media, but in a different way than our parents consumed media, right? So, Mm -hmm. what do you want to see change to get rid of that that stigma that it's not just all old white men criticizing women in sports radio?
3: Um, I think that like utilizing things like TikTok and like making your content more available to a larger group of people than like maybe just the people like the type of people who listen to a radio show aren't the same type of people who are like scrolling on TikTok right. or whatever. So I think that like it's important to like kind of almost tailor your content to like be something that's clippable for TikTok so that you you will reach the audience that you are looking for. So whether that means that like maybe the restructuring a sh- the type of show that you have or you know, maybe thinking of different segments that you think would be better suited for... Dig- like, I think we need to start thinking with more of, like, a digital, um, social media-based mindset as opposed to just, like, this is what's going to look best or sound slash look the best on the radio or, like, watching television. Because, like, I don't know that, like, I mean, I still watch cable television, but that's mostly because, like, I just like it and for sports and stuff like that. Right, but do
2: you watch it live or do you watch it via, like, Hulu or on-demand I only watch
3: it live if it's, like, sports or, like, The Bachelor.
2: Right. Right.
3: Yeah. So, I don't really think that, like, the young, like, if you're trying to reach a younger audience, you're just never going to do that, like, organically through linear or radio, I think.
2: It's bullshit with Nielsen. Like, I know you guys are based off of Nielsen, too, and we're based off of Nielsen, but... And uh, technically, like in radio, we're not supposed to talk about it like it's supposed to be this big secret that the Chicago radio listening audience is just under 10 million people. But our Nielsen meters and people that are carrying Nielsen meters that determine the ratings, there are just under 100 of them. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're relying on 100 people with these little beepers to determine who's listening to our radio station in a listening understand audience of 10 like, million uh, people. Yeah. It, it's, Tori, it's literally a, 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 like a beeper that you plug in at the end of the day, and it reports what frequencies were, were detected on that little beeper throughout that 24-hour period. It's bullshit. Yeah. I know my radio show is entertaining. Yeah. I know we have a good time. Right. And then the numbers are, are bad sometimes, and it's like, what the hell? Yeah. Nothing's changed. Right, I hate everything that our industry yeah, the, the, is about. the ratings everything. have
3: like nothing to do with the actual content. I of mean, course, it, 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 but that's it, what we sell on. Sense, yes. you sell on the ratings. Exactly, which is crazy. Oof. Like you should, like that's what I'm saying. the The way that you perform on social and on digital should exactly. be more, just as if not more valuable than the way that you perform um, live.
2: This podcast touches a lot of different areas, and I like to talk about the media stuff, and I like to talk about life and society and pop culture and social media. But with your job and on our show, like I am, I'm the punching bag when it comes to all those guys are married with children. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of living my life as a 30 year old with nobody but my dog. I love my family, but what can they do? Yeah. Um, right. How hard is it when you're working nights trying to date?
3: I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow
1: We Can Do Hard Things, in Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts.
3: Yeah, it's hard because you get, like I've said, I get typically two nights a week unless there's, you know, a day game or an off day. And it's hard. Um because I wanna hang out with my friends. Right. I have to make decisions on like what I want to do. And yeah, if somebody's like, oh like, hey, like I'm free Wednesday and or I'm free these days this week. And I'm like, well I'm literally only free like Wednesday. All right.
2: The White Sox are playing the Tigers this yeah. week. I gotta sit there and tweet, yeah, tweet l- about the literally. White Sox and Tigers. So
3: it has been very difficult. I've been single for about um Okay, well, I had a boyfriend for, like, three months. That doesn't count. Exactly. Yeah, so for and that's almost, something I want to
2: get into, actually, what yeah. counts and what doesn't. So okay. hold Ooh. on to that.
3: Yeah, so I've been actually, like, genuinely single for about three years, okay. which I love being single, but it is hard to date. Um, And it, I've had problems with, like, friends, too, because there was this, I'll just tell this stupid-ass stupid, stupid ass story about it. it was my friend's, she's, like, kind of had, like, two birthday events and i only went to one of them and she was really mad that i didn't go to the other one because i had a first date and i was and she was like you're like prioritizing like a guy over my birthday and i was like well you don't understand like if i didn't go then i might not be able to go on this date with this guy for another like two weeks so you know what i mean like it's just like stuff like that with like the schedule of working in sports it can be very difficult for dating yes
2: so is it dating apps for you then are you you do you prefer the mutual friend thing i'll tell you this I, I hate the dating apps, but also I'm horrible at approaching women at bars, right? Mm-hmm. I'm My fear of rejection is through the roof. I can't just go up to somebody and say, hey, what's, what's up? Mm-hmm. I'm terrified of that rejection. So the dating apps are usually easier, mm-hmm. but I hate those too because it feels like it's just deteriorating your mental health and you're reducing somebody to 300 characters in a bio and six pictures, right? Yeah. And, and And most of those pictures... On the women's side, you can't tell which one they are because it's six different women in the pictures. And on the men's side, they're usually holding a dead animal, right? And
3: they all love spicy margaritas, oh my and, espresso God. and pizza, and
2: adventures, and, right. and, espresso, and yeah, espresso. Yeah, traveling. God. So, what is it for you then? Do you like the mutual friend route, or, or 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 Twitter? Twitter's a dating app too.
3: I've never tried Twitter.
2: You should try Twitter.
3: I should try Twitter.
2: Start sliding into some. That's DMs. actually
3: genius because yep. you know, like most people aren't trying that. Um, but so I, I agree the apps can be like a freaking swamp. Yeah. Like you, uh, the amount of times I've deleted and redownloaded Hinge is like, I'm always basically like newly joined yeah. because yeah. I'm always deleting it and redownloading it. Um, but I feel like I have had a lot. I, it's just the easiest, like I've gotten so many f- like dates from Hinge and it's like, I the mutual friend thing hasn't really been like a big factor in my life. I feel like everybody I know is already f- friggin' taken. It sucks, <laughs> so, right? I know it really does. So I really haven't had too many like mutual friend dates. Um, so I really do typically rely on the apps. But um, I've been trying. So ever since, so I just moved in um a few months ago into my own place for the first time. Nice. Um, and I was started. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start like going to bars by myself and just sitting there. Ooh. Yeah, does highly recommend. Um. I went home with the Guy once, so it worked once. Okay. Um the other time somebody ate food off my plate. If you don't know oh, what I'm doing you no. can go to my Twitter. I tweeted about it. It was very weird. It was oh. like a random old man next to me who started eating my soft pretzel. It was very traumatic. Oh, But Jesus anyways, Christ. that's besides the point. Um, um to your point about being like, you're terrified of rejection. Yeah. You would never you're you you have a hard time going up to people. Yeah. Um I have I'm very confident when it comes to that. I have never had a problem going up to a guy at a bar and being like, Hey, I think you're cute. Um, because I just don't really care. I, the worst thing that's going to happen is that they're going to say, they're either going to be like, no, which is like, okay, cool. Now I'm in the same place I was before, which is that you're not talking to me. You know, like the worst thing that's ever going to happen is that like, they're going to lie and they're going to be like, oh, I have a girlfriend or "I have whatever. Right. No one's ever going to be like, oh, 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 how dare you? Like, fuck you. Like, yeah. you're ugly. Like, I've just never really ever had a fear of like going up to somebody and telling them that I think they're cute and that like I want to talk to them.
2: OK. Yeah. So. That's, that's a little inspiring, I guess, because, I, yeah, what do you have to lose? Yeah. But the embarrassment of the rest of the night of that person still being at the bar while you're still at the bar. Whatever. Catching- yeah, I know. I know. Like, See, I get way too in my head about it. Yeah, I get so far in my cares? head. Who
3: cares? How many girls have like you been like? Oh, I would never date you. You know what I mean? It's I've
2: never said that to somebody. Yeah, exactly. Right. 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 Oh, right. I've never thought about it that way. You said you dated somebody kind of for like three months, mm-hmm. but that's not dating somebody, right? Like I, we
3: I, were I, technically a boyfriend, like we were boyfriend girlfriends, exclusive. Yes, but I the reason that. I, s- I think that that does count, but the reason I was like saying that it doesn't is cause I don't really think I ever felt, I was in a really weird place. I okay. it was, you know, seasonal depression. Um, I was really busy with work. It was my first like bowl slash Blackhawk season at my job and I was just really busy and stressed and had some stuff going on and I wasn't my best self and I just felt like I just was kind of dating this guy cause like he liked me. Right. So S- that
2: somebody to fill the time and space. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. So I felt like that was kind of I. I, I was never really that invested, which is why I'm like, I honestly I sometimes forget that I dated him. If somebody's like, "Oh, when was your last oh, no. relationship?" I'll like completely forget about it. <laughs> but um, I think three months counts, but only if like. It really bothers me when people are like in a talking stage and they're like, yeah, we're like the guy I'm dating. I'm like, you're not dating.
2: Okay. So what is that? So it's something I've been struggling with as of late. Like I'm usually a pretty traditional dater, right? Mm -hmm. I'm really bad at going on multiple dates at once. I confuse stories. I want to be able to dedicate time to one person and not multiple. At what age or at what point is it necessary to have some kind of label? And what is the talking stage differentiated from dating you're speaking to like legitimate things i'm going through right now
3: so i think that it's it's different for every situation but i would say that you're not date you're not boyfriend you're not dating until you are have vocally established that you are boyfriend and girlfriend.
2: That you're ex- Well, actually, exclusive? I don't know. I
3: guess I would say that I'm no, like... No, because dating, I feel like, is lax. Yeah, no, that, you, you, so you're dating, but you're not, like... Some people will be like, oh, yeah, my boyfriend. And I'm like, well, has he asked you to be his girlfriend? Like, right. then he's not your boyfriend. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if it has to do with age.
2: It's got nothing to do with age. I don't think so. So, I can be 30 and still be dating without a label?
3: Until you, in my opinion, until, like, you ask her to be your girlfriend or she then you're not like exclusively or you have talked about the fact that you're not seeing other people then like you can't assume that it's exclusive
2: right i'm not the one looking to make an assumption though that's the thing
3: well that's why you have to be you know vocal and communicate that's Mm -hmm. i had that situation happen to me recently i've been seeing a guy for the last few weeks um and we were laying next to each other the uh, a week or so ago and I saw a hinge notification pop up on oh, his phone. No. But I didn't like it it didn't say what it was. So like, yeah. it you know how sometimes Hinge is like, oh, you have fifty matches, whatever. Come on. I know. Come um, on, Tori. I know, I know. It wasn't an
2: app update. It wasn't I reminding him. I asked him, to- him
3: about <laughs> it though, and he said that it was nothing and that he's not seeing anybody else and he doesn't want to. But Shane doesn't believe him.
2: No, I don't. I'm gonna,
3: I'm gonna send this to him. Are you kidding me?
2: No, I I am I am a should man as well. Phone? Should like, I go through his phone? Should you go through his phone and see if it was? No. Oh, Okay. No. I don't ooh. I mean, okay. I was, I'm hold kidding. would I would, uh, I would, I would honestly
3: on. never do that. that I wouldn't date somebody whose phone I felt I had to go through first of all.
2: If you're dating for like a year and something like that happens and he's denying 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 like out of the blue he just downloads Hinge or Bumble or Tinder or whatever. You see the notification, 100%, you can do whatever you have to do. Wait for him to fall asleep. Prize eyes open, get the face ID, go through his phone. But a few weeks, I don't think you are...
3: That's what I mean. It's not my... Like, I don't... I, what
2: conversations have you had about what you are?
3: None, because None. it's only been like a month. But, I, so I, I ended up... Te- I was like, I, I texted him and I was like, I don't even know if I should bring this up because it's still early. We're not dating. Yeah. It's not my business. But, so this... And I was like, but... I really like you. I saw this. I don't know what it was, but I just, it would make me really sad if you were still on the apps actively trying to date other people. Okay. And that then he was like, I promise you I'm not. That was nothing like... It was what he basically was like. You know, it's just one of those notifications that the app sent you. And Shane is looking at me right now like I'm the biggest (laughs) fucking moron in the world. No,
2: no, you're not a moron. I understand the gut punch that that is. I've been in similar situations. Well,
3: like what am I supposed to do? But but it's it's again, even if he is, like it's not. I don't necessarily think that's also like the biggest deal. It's a month, like
2: exactly. But it's still a gut punch because you said you really liked him. So any kind of situation where it feels like. He is also talking to someone else or entertaining the opportunity to talk to somebody else. It's not going to feel very good. Right. So you've got, there's nothing wrong with you. And look at me giving dating advice. I, I am <laughs> in absolutely no, no position to give. advice da- Yeah, exactly. I just got done asking you what a <laughs> label is. But you are 100% in the right to ask what it is. But I feel like he needs to be a little bit more specific. I feel like that's a straight lie. It's just one of the, I was on Hinge for a long time. I never got a notification that said, "Hey, oh, you've, got, right. you've got ad, you've got you've uh, got matches to to tend to." <laughs> I don't think that's a real notification on okay, Hinge. Okay,
3: you're right. Is that a
2: real notification on Hinge or are you just It
3: is. So I'm on the League. Are you on the, you I was not on the League, but I was send on those, Raya. They they sent the League sends one every day that's like, "Your matches are ready." So I didn't know if it was like something like that. Okay. But maybe Hinge, you're right. I've never got one from Hinge like that either.
2: All right, but have at least turn off the push notifications if you're not interested in dating someone else. Is that okay. too harsh? Am I being I, too harsh I had to had you? That same,
3: no, I had that same thought, too. Okay. I was like, so turn off the fucking notifications, yeah, you asshole.
2: Just delete the app. If you're truly not interested in deleting, it, deleting dating somebody else, delete the app.
3: That's a very good point.
2: See, I, I feel like I'm being too harsh now.
3: No, you're not at all. But like the I thing am. is, um, the thing is, even if, like, okay, let's say it was another girl that he matched with that was, like, a notification from another match. We've, I mean... It's not a great sign, but it's also like only been a like, I, I can't say that I've never done that.
2: Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I have. It's it's I've kept it along. It kept the app too long. You know, it's just it happens to everybody. Yeah. I think it just it. The only thing that matters is how you feel about it. You're right. And do you have enough trust in the situation to believe that what he's saying is true?
3: Are we about to go egg his house?
2: We can okay, yeah, and it's raining too. We yeah. can do we could do teepee.
3: Nice, let's film it and then
2: post it. do the in the lawn. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one.
3: I know that's but a real tough one. I guess I don't even know how I got on that topic, but um, I guess just in like what when is it yeah. appropriate to like when do you. Is it not okay to keep talking to other people and things like that and i think that's just like you can't nobody can really answer that except for when you're in the situation and like how you feel and like you have to communicate with like the person that you're with which i feel like i tried to do so we'll see
2: (laughs) yeah the the ball is not in your court here yeah the ball is is in his court yeah i'm not i'm not on the apps i'm uh looking to find something organically i like to go the mutual friend route but sometimes Something doesn't work out through somebody that you met through it with somebody that you met through a mutual friend, and then maybe they're a little bit more reluctant to introduce you to the next one, that kind of thing, or you start running through the same friend group too much. And, yeah. And Tori, of course, I'm never the problem. It's never me. It's always-
3: I would be stunned if you were ever the problem. I'm
2: not. I'm not. Honest to God, Tori, I am not the problem. The, All right? There's a lot of talk that you're, out there.
3: I, like, the thing is, is that like- People probably think that you might be being sarcastic. Like, I literally will look in the mirror sometimes and be like, How the fuck? If you don't want to date me, like, you're, you are literally insane.
2: Yes. Yes.
3: Like, I'm not even, I'm not even fucking kidding.
2: Yes. It's, it, it, and maybe that's like, like, a. how
3: embarrassing you don't want to date me. That's literally to, embarrassing for you. Do you go to therapy? You have a therapist? Or have I do. you had therapists before? Yes.
2: So I do too. And I'm I'm very pro therapy. And I have to go through that often. Like, questioning myself to the therapist. Am I insane for convincing myself that I'm not the problem? And the therapist has just as much information on you as long as you're being truthful with your therapist, right. which is very important, obviously. There are too many people who will go into a therapy session and lie just to prove their narrative right, right? If you're truthful with your therapist, they have just as much information as you, and they have a different way of thinking about the person that you are than you than than you have. I've, according to my therapist, great source. I've never been the problem. Do you have any idea? And of course you do. How frustrating that is, and how how much worse that makes dating yeah. when you're you have a clinical licensed therapist <laughs> telling you, "Hey, I don't know what the problem is here. Yeah, you're finding the wrong ones.
3: It's a horrible feeling to have. I know. I'm like, can you fix this so that somebody will love me? Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, God." I- Yeah. It's tough out there. No, I literally have the same thought because I'm like, I feel like I'm a very self-aware. I mean, that's exactly something that a not self-aware person would say. But I feel like I'm a very self-aware, normal person. And then I'll see these fucking people that are like literally insane, like in happy relationships. And I'm like, how the fuck did you get somebody to like want to hang out with you multiple times a week?
2: They're happy relationships on social media.
3: Fair. But also, then I think, and then I'm like, well, okay, that just means I haven't settled yet. And I'm not, like, you know what I mean?
2: But settled in terms of I just finding the right person or settling for no, I feel like a lot of somebody. people just
3: have a relationship because they want to be in a relationship and think that they should be. Mm. But- Do you tend
2: y- to skew that way sometimes? But no, Besides the guy, the I don't, three-month guy? I
3: don't really. I think that I'm very, so I was in a relationship for five years, um, like, sophomore year of college- like two years out of college, if that is the correct math. Um, who, um, amazing guy, great guy. I'm still kind of friends with him to this day, but just was not like in love with him at all for like the better part of like two years. I would say, like, kind of knew he wasn't the one, but like, it was too complicated to end things. It was, you know, very comfortable. Um, but eventually, obviously, we ended up breaking up. But I feel like ever since then, I'm like terrified. Of, like, doing that. Like, I will not fucking date somebody unless I'm, like, obsessed with them. Okay. So. Like,
2: Swifty obsessed.
3: Like, Swifty obsessed. (laughs) Like, I will write a song about you obsessed. Ooh. So, uh, which I guess is a lie because I just dated that guy for three months, so I didn't like that much. But that was, like, a different type of circumstance. I knew I wasn't going to marry that guy. But, so, yeah, I don't know.
2: Okay. Are you a drinks on a first date or a dinner on a first date or an activity in drinks on a first date person? I don't really
3: care. I think most people say avoid dinner just in case the date sucks.
2: I used to do that. Not avoid it. I used to do dinner. Yeah. Like my go-to What's spot. What's your take on that? Well, my take now is I'm all for free changed. dinner, so I guess I'll never say exactly. that. Exactly. It, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's a different story. But my, f- I used to do River Roast all the time for I a first date. Roast. It's awesome. Phenomenal rotisserie chicken pumpernickel mm-hmm. crumb uh, carrots, awesome. Great ambiance on the river. I used to do that, and I called it my my lucky first date spot until I realized, well, just because the first date didn't go well and you didn't get a second, it's probably not a lucky first date spot, right? If you're not getting a second date out of it or you're getting a second date out of it. <laughs> it's just it. a
3: comfortable first date Exactly. Spot. It,
2: it was my comfortable spot. And now I kind of pivot towards the... Let's go get drinks on the River Walk or something like that, and walk the river I, and yeah. on a Wednesday or a Saturday. So the fireworks are right there when you're done. Yeah. Or like the architecture tour at night. I don't know if you've ever done that. Architecture
3: tour rules. The
2: one at night is is awesome if you haven't. No, done those that. are
3: great ideas.
2: But it's just I don't know. It's 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 nice to get a little tipsy on a on a first uh, date. I
3: don't think I would. I would. I wouldn't say never, but like yeah, you got to have a drink.
2: Yeah, you, you have so to my problem is sometimes I have a little
3: too many drinks. It's, okay. it's, I feel like that's yeah. sometimes my downfall. But like, get—I feel like you got to get a little loose. It's a nerves thing,
2: right? Yeah, I, I, I think I'm, I'm a decent conversationalist, but you got to have that shot of tequila before you leave.
3: Yes, or like, you, yeah, a hundred percent. I had one before this. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. I had a half glass uh,
2: one. Oh no, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I've pivoted more towards the leaning towards drinks on a first day just because it's a lot of money to invest in someone that that might not work. Dinner is
3: like a little bit more of a second day move for sure in Mm -hmm. my opinion. What if there's a build
2: up? Like what if you're talking for weeks before you're first? That's actually another question. Do you prefer to get asked out and then, or ask someone out, and then minimal texting between that and the date, or do you like the conversation building up? No,
3: let's fucking meet. I don't care. I don't, what am I going to learn about you over text that I couldn't learn about you while we're getting drinks? Sure. I'd rather just like go straight to it. Okay. I'm like, I mean, I'm going to do my stalking first and make sure you're like a real normal What's your go-to
2: stalk, Facebook or Instagram or Twitter? (sighs)
3: Instagram, and then if they're private, I'll go to Facebook. Okay. Twitter, I will check to make sure that they're not following, like, fucking, like, Lauren Boebert or anything like that, yeah. or, like, retweeting, like, Ben Shapiro. Yeah. So, I'll do a, but usually they don't have a Twitter, yeah. typically. Um, so, I'll go to Instagram, and then I'll go to Facebook. Okay. But, usually you can't find out that much anyway, because, like, everything's- It's
2: tough very, out there. It's tough. It's so tough. We're not in the wrong. Just, I, I want to establish that before we're done here. No, but you if, and I are really good if people. If the
3: listeners can learn anything from this, it's that like it is in like we are perfect.
2: Right. I, yeah, I, I, I agree.
3: Yeah.
2: I agree. So for those listening, if it doesn't work out with the the guy who's still on Hinge, are your DMs open for them? Yes. Yeah, your DMs are 100%.
3: open. 100%. If you're listening to this and you're over six foot and you're sexy, you can DM me. God.
2: What a list of qualifications what's the goal yeah, the bar it, is high,
3: low these days the uh the, the,
2: the what's the work goal
3: that's a great question. my boss asks me this all the time and I'm like I don't know I'm just Chip. hanging um I love my job i I love I'm just trying to like do the best I can at the job I have and then see what opportunities arise I think that like I'm really good in the social media space I think I could be really good yeah, I'm going to listen back to this podcast and be like, wow, that was terrible. And I'm about to be like, oh, I think I could do like podcasts and stuff. But I think I like could potentially be a more like frontward sure. figure as opposed to like behind the scenes. Um, I'm not saying I want to be like Layla or, you know, Sarah Spain or anything like that, like reporting in front of the camera. But I think that like my voice could be used, um, whether that be like podcasts or more um as like a personality as opposed to just doing social media because I feel like I do have like a good banter and am good at like relating to fans and things like that so I think that that is like kind of the step that I'm going in
2: well you dealt with me for 45 minutes throwing dating questions at you and questions about social media so yeah if you can deal with me then you can probably deal with somebody else or do something on your own it's a pretty uncomfortable Amazing. environment in these stuffy WBBM
0: studios. This is, yeah,
3: this is the first time I've The ear's kind of dry in here.
0: <laughs> well, thank you for coming by anyway. I of appreciate course. your time.
3: Uh, thank you for having me.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
2: A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the
1: expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.